Welcome to another episode of the Fearless Launching Show. I'm Ann Samoylov. Today we're going to be talking about the tools that I use to create and manage my content. And content meaning every single type of content that I create. And the reason I wanted to do this is, well, it's top of mind for me right now. Um, but also because I am figuring out what changes I'll be making this year, what I'm going to start doing right away. Do I really need it all? Making cuts wherever I can to make sure it doesn't necessarily add to my overall workload. And I think this is something that as online entrepreneurs, we can all, we can kind of all get I don't know. You know, I think everybody gets to this point where you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot do three blog posts a week anymore. Or, wow, I'm doing this podcast and this blog post and um, then this thing over here and I've got guest posts to write and interviews to do. And it all just gets a little bit overwhelming. And for me, I hit that overwhelm point Um I guess just like anybody else and probably harder. But for me, the way that I get out of it is really to step back, revisit the whole process, see where I can make these cuts. And I, I really am ruthless about it. Um, and, and do and realize in the end that it is my business and I get to do what I want. Uh, I try always to give as much as I possibly can to the people who show up. You know, whether you're reading the blog or you're just listening to the podcast, but you can only do so much. And if your job is not creating content, if your job, let's say, if you want to look at your business like a job, which gosh, I hate doing that. But if you were to look at your business, your real job is to get your message out to as many people as possible. So the marketing piece is where you should be spending your time. Um, sure, you should create things that your ideal customer and your audience wants and needs, but none of that matters unless you really focus your time on marketing activities. So today, I wanted to just dive in, and this is really a continuing conversation. Earlier this week, um, I did a I did a video, kind of a vlog, I guess, over on my YouTube channel. I'll put that link below where I talk about the five questions that I've been asking myself in order to reformulate, retool my own content plan and getting some help doing that as well. So you can head over there and check that out. But today I'm just going to talk to you about the tools that I use. And um, some of these might surprise you. Some of them, maybe not. Maybe you use them too. And I would love to know. So let's go through, I'm going to go through kind of each phase of content, the content plan for me. Um, there's the strategy, how I come up with things, what tools I use during that kind of visioning and brainstorming and planning phase. And then we're going to go into how to, how I actually manage creating the actual content on a weekly and monthly basis and how I actually get it done. And then we're going to go into some final tools that I use to track the effectiveness of that content. They're pretty simple. So hopefully, you know, I'd love to know, actually, as you're going through this, like write down some of the things that you're using. So let's go into strategy first. Let's just dig right in here. Um, most of the strategic planning and the thought thinking and the brainstorming, I do it offline. I used to have, you know, and I still do have multiple Google Docs, what is it, uh, Evernote, notebooks, 
text files on my computer that actually, <laughs> oh my God, that are actually full of ideas. And I call them the grave, the, my content graveyard because right now, because I didn't do anything with them. And for me, what's really easy is to go from one medium to another. So I start offline and I either have a big whiteboard, which I do have a whiteboard that's not attached to a wall. I mean, it's giant. And I bring it into various rooms of my house, usually downstairs, because that's where my office is. And it's a little less the main living area. Um, and I either use a big board to with post-it notes all over it with like the different types of content. And then I just toss them when I decide not to do them, or I put them in a calendar if I do want to use them. I also always have a huge calendar with me. <laughs> there are calendars all over my house, and I'm not joking. I especially like – there's one that I have. Oh, it, it's out actually in the other room where I was planning this weekend. Um, it's this giant craft paper. It's a desk calendar. I love it. I will share with you what that is in the comments below, but I can't. I just can't remember what brand it is. Um, but it's, it's a great one because it allows you to see things big, and you can – pop post-it notes in there as well if you really want to do that. And that's actually a great path to go is like just pop all of the post-its that you want up on that board. And then once you kind of have the ones you want to keep, then you can start popping them into your calendar. Um, I also always have a notebook of content ideas. And I had a dear friend tell me so many times that I should just have one notebook that I put in all my ideas so that I don't, once that notebook is filled up, then I can go on to another one. But I've been really bad about that. So now I do have a notebook and it's my file effects, really. And I know I've talked about my file effects before, but I have this beautiful new, it's really like a creamy leather, just beautiful. I'm a, I'm a geek. Don't get me started. Anyways, inside I have content ideas for different types of media that I do, that I create. So that has become my content idea notebook. Um, and then I also, during this whole strategic time, I also use these big post-it sheets as well. They're kind of like sheets of paper where I might put buckets of content, like themes that I might use weekly, monthly, or quarterly for the content. That part, I'm still figuring out exactly the best way I like to do it. I kind of like to have a big board of just like everything. And then the calendar kind of plots out when it, when's it, when it's going to happen. But what really helps me figure out the specific content are these big giant post-it note paper that you can just pop on the wall, write on, do whatever you want. Um, you know, and that allows you to create, you know, like if you're going to do three posts a week, which if you are, good on you. But Motivation Monday, Tips Tuesday, maybe a weekly schedule on Sunday – I've been looking at a lot of people who are, who have that three times a week publishing schedule, and it's interesting. Um, not all of it's these long posts, blog posts. So I'm also looking at frequency. So I'm looking at frequency as well as um, type and length of content. Uh, so so then I guess my final tool during this strategic time is Google because I have a lot of different types of sites and blogs that I love. And I will always go to different types of businesses and just diff totally different 
out of the realm of where I normally live. Like I don't always just visit Amy Porterfield's site, Marie Forleo's and Laura's and be like, okay, well, that's what I'm going to do. I like to, you know, veer outside of that as much as possible and really have discovered some amazing uh, blogs in the planning community. <laughs> yes, of course, planners and file effects community, as well as Etsy store owners and different types of makers and crafters that I just recently became aware of. And of course, like bigger companies, I like to go to and see what their content strategy is. Like I love going to westelm.com. I love going to um, Kate Spade's, any of their properties. Uh, Saturday is one of their things that they do. And I love seeing like what are they posting. I don't think they have it completely correct yet, but I love their visuals. So that's why I go. So those are the things that I use during the strategic planning and brainstorming phase of creating my content schedule. Um, and the next part, oh, what I wanted to say about actually the reason why I, I mentioned the three days a week thing is because it dawned on me recently that I've been kind of told, you know, at least post once a week. And that's great because I feel like that's a really easy time frame to commit to. But there has been some research that updating your site more often, adding new content, adding fresh content more often um, lifts you up in Google's ranking system. And I don't know if that necessarily means, I mean, I think your posts still have to be good, have to have relevant content in them and need to be relevant to your overall site's theme and uh, topic. But there has been research that that posting around three times a week really does lift you up in the search ranking. So something to keep in mind. And I would actually go over to Liz Lockard and ask her that question. Liz is an SEO and Google Analytics uh, expert, and she knows a lot about that and about the changing, the way that um, Google changes and how that affects how you're, how you show up in the search, in search. Um, so Next, let's head over to managing the content. And this is really where the work comes in. So um, managing and workflow, really. So to manage the content, I run between a few different things. So A, I have a simple spreadsheet that lists out content um, links. So links to the Google source doc document, wherever I wrote the post, the link to the actual live post perhaps the link to um, an image, if it's a specific image that lives, let's say, in Dropbox. And so I do have that because it's a good record of what's already posted. It, when you're going through the brainstorming process, you might actually head back into Google, your Google Apps or Google Docs or any of those little spreadsheets that you can make in there and, and kind of figure out, okay, well, I did this last year. Why don't I do another take on that this year? Um, and how did that go, really? But we'll get to the tracking part of it in a second. So another way that I manage the workflow is using Asana. And I started using Asana last year as just a general over, overall task manager. And where it really started to come in handy is uh, repeatable processes. Like uh, when we had guest posts, we have a template listed in there, all the tasks that are related to that to when we have guest posts. We have podcast template, which re relates to all podcasts when they're created, what happens down to um, creating the graphic for Pinterest. 
So everything from the creating of the content to all through the promotion. So those kinds of templates really help get the work done. And I just started reusing it now that I am working with someone um, to help me with content again. Um, then as far as like the workflow and writing, I am not really good at sticking to one place. That's why I need to put links everywhere to what I'm working on. So that's why I need that spreadsheet of stuff, uh, of information about a post because I'm sometimes I write all over the place uh, and it really just depends on where I'm inspired to write. I try, try, try to stay in Google Docs, but someone mentioned Scrivener last week and there I was in Scrivener. I hadn't opened it in like two years and I opened it. I think I know who to blame, but I'm just going to, I'm moving on. But usually I, I do my posts inside Google Docs uh, and then link to that Google Doc in that little spreadsheet that I mentioned before. Um, and then that's pretty much where I work. If there's any other uh, tools that I use to manage that kind of workflow, it's Dropbox for images and it's, let's see, what else? I think that's it. Dropbox, co-schedule to make sure that I'm actually posting social media. We'll get to that in the tracking portion of the episode. But basically, managing and working i try to keep that as simple as possible so that if i'm on, if i'm on, excuse me if i'm on my own for any length of time for whatever reason um if I'm, I'm in between lunches or um whatever like i'm i'm all good we're all caught up on content for 6 months and i'm just kind of jamming away on my own then i like to make sure that it's super simple that i might my system isn't going to go off the rails just because I'm working by myself. <laughs> so that's the managing and workflow. Asana, spreadsheet, and Google Docs or Scrivener <laughs> or OhmWriter. <laughs> okay, next up would be tracking and um, following up on the effectiveness or the or the results, really, of the content that I'm creating. So I'm always looking at the analytics. I'm always looking at them because I feel like I'm constantly in a process of, first of all, making sure that I have the right things tracked, valuable information for me, and in an easy place. So I have basically all of my metrics, all of my data for how, how people are clicking on things, sharing things. I have it coming in from a bunch of different places. So I have it coming in from CoSchedule where I can check out which posts did the best, which tweets did the best, what time of day, what uh, social media site got the most clicks, that kind of thing. Meet Edgar or Edgar um, for social media. social media. That's like an ongoing thing where I'll go in there once a month. I'll check things out, sometimes more than once a month, depending on when it is. And I will update Edgar based on co-schedule uh, and what's been working or perhaps if I want to share something that maybe didn't get enough play, um, didn't get enough airtime. Um, so that's another place. Now, before I even go into co-schedule or Edgar, I generally am starting with a shortened Google link. So I'll use Google URL Builder if it's a launch-related link. Or I will just use goo.gl 
to create a short, it's just like bit.ly, if you know what bit.ly is, it just shortens your link so you can track it and it's easier on the eye. It's not super long. It literally shortens the link. I have been using the goo.gl link a lot more because I'm able to add some parameters at the end that let me know that someone's clicking on the link from Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or email or my blog. So that stuff is really important information to me. Um, I think at first, and this is kind of where I am in this, I think at first, it's a good idea just to start getting used to tracking, watching the numbers, seeing how people are responding. Um, for, for my podcast, I generally just go into Libsyn. However, I have used Pretty Link a little bit to just have like a direct link, an easy direct link to the actual episode. And let's say my blog post for the podcast isn't live yet, but I want that podcast out there, then I will sometimes just make a pretty link directly to the episode. Um, and that's actually worked really well in the past. And so I'll probably continue doing that. Um, and then my next step, and I hope it would be your next step too, would be to create a dashboard where all of this kind of stuff comes into. And I and I know you can do it inside Google um, apps probably within the spreadsheets. In fact, I have a template that's already started. I just need to start filtering the information in. Um, but at the very least, if you use Google URL Builder, look in Google Analytics, you'll see what is working. So Google Analytics really is the overarching, let's see what's working. And that will tell you, oh, well, last month people really loving this post from like three years ago. Maybe I should do another one of those posts. So that's happened to me on several occasions because tools posts do very well because people want to know what other people use and before they go off and try it and then it doesn't work. So I think that's a good indication that I should do another tools post and possibly why I'm even recording this today. Um, so that's kind of my workflow for that's that's kind of like what I use for tools when it comes to content creation. Um, one thing I didn't mention though for the work workflow, I just gave you Google Docs for how I write blog posts, but I forgot that I have two other media that I use, audio and video. So the audio, I use my Yeti microphone. I have like a little pop filter because I have some whistly S's. Um, I've always had those. I don't know how to get rid of them because I have like a little tiny weeny little space between my top teeth. Anyway, so I use those two items, GarageBand and Done and Done. I was using Audacity for a while, but for me, I just needed to keep it easy. And for now, this has been easier. So those are the three things for podcasts. For my videos, I am going between our Nikon DSLR, which we're looking for a new camera um, that's that same quality. But when I when I don't use that, I actually use my Logitech C920 webcam. I will put it up on the top of my laptop and I turn on our little studio light kit, which I got from Amazon, super cheap, and I will record that way and it works fine as well because it's a nice HD camera. So I keep things simple. I don't try to make things too complicated because I know 
that uh, that part of the process, I mean, it was hard enough getting there with figuring out what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it, is it even necessary, all those questions I asked in that video. And I definitely recommend going back and watching that. But after you get through the process of knowing what you're going to do, man, you just want it to be easy. So I try to keep it as easy as possible. And and if it's not easy, I generally stop doing it pretty quickly. So <laughs> I try not to like give myself a hard time all the time. So I hope that was helpful in letting you know what I'm using for tools um, throughout the various phases of, of my content strategy, planning, creation, and then tracking. These are all really basic, easy to use tools. Many of them are free. I'm looking down at the list. Some of them are not, but many of them are free. And I highly recommend checking some of the ones out um, and, and focusing on maybe one area where you're not so great at because and I bet I know what it is because it's the one area I'm not great at and I'm still um, getting trying to get better at it because it gives me so much information and I'm able to make better decisions about my business. And that's the tracking. It's finding out what people are actually responding to. And you can get a feel for that. Sure, you can be – you can try to be um, in tune with what people want, but – the numbers don't lie. They tell you what people are the, you know, if you're doing the same things over and over again for promotion and, and then some things just stand out as working better and getting more, more hits, then you know what's working. So I highly recommend just start tracking your numbers. Uh, start, start looking at your, your, you know, your weekly opens, um, the number of opens you get, the number of hits you get on Twitter. Look at some of those more vanity metrics just to get an idea. Are you being successful getting the content out there and then what's actually hitting? I think that is a place where we all can um, learn a lot because then that information gets taken back to, this, to the more strategic level and you can get out that whiteboard again and figure out what is – what you're going to cut out and what you maybe have to do more of in order to get more of those eyes on what you're doing. All right. I hope this was helpful today. The reason this for me is probably my biggest, not concern, but focus now is, is that as I kind of go into my second full year of 100% focused on my business instead of another person's business. Um, what I'm realizing is that launching becomes so much easier when you find a way to really connect with the people who are on your list, who are in your audience, and you really are working to create a community. Once you have a community, selling, launching, all of that becomes way easier. It becomes way easier because and less scary, really, because you, you kind of know, you get to know people and what they want. It's like getting to know people and then having no problem finding birthday presents for them. Haha, <laughs> I brought in birthday because my birthday's on Friday the 13th. Ah. So anyways, I'm going to let you go now, but think about this and let me know what section of this process you are having the most difficulty kind of figuring out for yourself. I mean, maybe the tools aren't a big issue for you, but if there is another issue for you in this whole process of creating, managing, tracking your content, 
let me know because I'm really curious about this. I'm, I've been talking to a lot of people, a lot of my friends um, offline about this, voxing to them about content and about the con- overall content strategy that I want to create. And I'm just curious what you feel. Are you? Do you feel like you're doing enough? Do you feel like you're doing too much? Are you just so overwhelmed by the work and you wish you didn't have to do it at all? Okay. That wraps up this episode of Fearless Launching. Um, I want to thank you again for listening. Head on over to iTunes if you want to subscribe and leave me a sweet review or love note. Um, And as always, I really appreciate you listening. I love that there, I just, I just makes me so happy to know that I am adding some sort of value or comic relief to your day or helping you get the dishes done as you're listening this. It doesn't really matter. I'm, I'm just happy that you're here and that we're all in this together. Have a great day. I will see you next week and that's it. Bye-bye.